Magic the Gathering is a difficult game, made even more so by the fact that you can talk to a longtime player and still walk away having no idea what they said. We're here to keep you up to date on Magic news and format changes just like your favorite FNM end boss would. Except you don't have to smile and nod when they talk about ending the monkey. I'm Kyle, a tournament grinder and general modern enthusiast. I'm Anthony, a tournament grinder, FNM end boss, and lover of standard in spite of how much it loves to hurt me. And, and we're, we're the, the Goblin, Goblin Trash Masters. to another episode of the goblin trash masters podcast uh today we have a quick little beginning segment where we're gonna talk about some spoilers for the new set phyrexia all will be one all right we're gonna go right into it with the first card my boy he's back koth there's another planeswalker card it's not just koth of the hammer it is Koth, Fire of Resistance. He is a two red red, four mana planeswalker with four starting loyalty. He has a plus two. Search your library for a basic mountain card. Reveal it. Put it on. Put it into your hand. Then shuffle. Minus three. Koth, Fire of Resistance deals damage to target creature equal to the number of mountains you control. And the ultimate, minus seven. You get an emblem with whenever a mountain enters the battlefield under your control. This emblem deals four damage to any target. Cool, but this card's giving uh, Liliana of the Dark Realms. Yeah. And I (laughs) think that saw precisely zero play in any format. The big difference I can see here is that a plus two on a Planeswalker uh, is kind of big. Like, that does a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, they both could come down and kill something. They both could plus to go get a relevant basic out of your deck and into your hand and they both have a minus that sets you miles ahead right yeah mm-hmm. I, I think it's what do you think okay i think it's now uh i think they looked at the original cough and went let's make something flavorfully that's similar but not as good because og Koth was you plus that twice and you just win the game with the ult- ultimate the yeah, plus yeah, yeah. itself was just you make four fours out of your mountains. And you like had to deal with the four four. Like you, you could get just killed by the four fours. I remember mm-hmm. that standard season. Like the four fours were a threat. And the ramp of it all, because it says untap target mountain mm-hmm. and it becomes a creature. Like that that's great. Um, but I do think they they fixed this card with the plus two. I think the plus two is really good. You only want to play this in a mono red deck, but they said for a basic mount, that's big. Cause could you imagine if this just said, search your library for a mountain, put it in your hand, you just go get a triome. That's just, that's, that's way too good. Is it? But bad? overall, I think you played this in a mono red, like kind of like a, a chonky mono red mid rangey type deck. And mm-hmm. you know, it'd be fun, but it's one of those cards. You got to play with it, see how it goes. But overall I'm kind of medium of it, but I'm just happy that Koth is back. But now that I'm yeah. happy Koth is back in the story, he's 100% going to get completed or die or just something. I don't I don't know. I'm going to be <laughs> sad. But besides that, yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> it, it's a it's a fine card. My prediction on that is that I I actually think it's going to see very very little play in standard mm-hmm. unless this drastically slows the format down and makes it less uh cards that affect the board or cabby. Yeah. Cuz like that's where we are right now. Exactly. But yeah, so decent card cool 
art's cool. And yeah, moving on to the next one. It's uh, It looks like it's the start of a cycle. Uh, this is Blue Sun's Twilight. It's X blue blue for sorcery. It reads, gain control of target creature with mana value X or less. If X is five or more, create a token that's a copy of that creature. Pretty cool card. It's It's one of those things where... It says target creature, so it doesn't say target non-token creature. So you can, in a world, just play, cast it for blue, blue, and get control of a, a token, say like a fable token, or you know, in older formats, a construct to- token, you know, things things along those lines. But if you have this as a mana sink in like a blue base control, like or tempo type deck, you know, just spend se- mana sink, spend seven mana take control of a big creature that's that's about to kill you and make a copy of it it's pretty cool mm-hmm. i like this card i don't know where it sees play though that's the biggest question for me i see yeah that's my thing i think anywhere that this thing could see play you just kind of would play invoke the winds instead right yeah like mm-hmm. invoke the winds is just really good because for the most part this is going to be just entrancing melody now, Invoke the Winds in Standard right now is pretty good. Like, it's mm-hmm. Tag and Shieldreds. The big thing that that gives you is that you can take a 4-drop for 5 mana, which is a better rate than you're getting with this. Um, and it untaps the creature, which yeah. if you're kind of playing from behind and they're attacking you every turn, I kind of want to untap it. So I don't know I can if I can think of anywhere where Blue Sun's Twilight, it's the opposite I want, of I Blue Sun's I keep wanting to say Zenith. Blue Sun's Zenith, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it doesn't even shuffle back in. What's up with the scam? Yeah, boo. <laughs> but and also the fact that it's sorcery speed too. And this is one of those cards where like, would it be too good if it was instant? No. Like it's you have to invest a lot of mana in it. Like I mean, it's just yeah. Like, would this card be much better if it were an instant? Normally, I'm not like crazy about those sort of things, but I can pretty confidently tell you that based on how familiar you personally are likely to be with the card dominate none none at all no no yeah (laughs) yeah okay so it being an instant really wouldn't help it that much dominate is blue blue one x gain control oh gotcha yeah yeah and and, you know gain control of target creature spells are kind of eh. like yeah they're, (laughs) they're they're usually weak because the times where you're behind and you want to gain control of a creature, you, their creatures are attacking you. You're kind of forced mm-hmm. to take the untapped one, whatever the last one they played was, and it might not be the best one. But Invoke the Winds, you grab the best thing that they have, you untap it, take their Shieldred, untap their Shieldred, and it, it's just there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, my prediction is no play. If it is played straight up and there's not some strange interaction that pops up i Mm. am expecting no play for blue sun's twilight yeah i I feel the same way for the next one it's gonna be real short but i will forever just call this strong sad uh (laughs) because of the name uh this is slow bad iron goblin a two and a red three mana three three Phyrexian Goblin Artificer with a tap ability Sacrifice an Artifact. Add an amount of red mana equal to the Sacrifice Artifact's mana value. Spend this mana only to cast Artifact spells or activate abilities of Artifacts. This, oh, that's some commander shit. Yeah. This is a CEDH card. The end. Next card. Yeah, yeah easy. No, no, easy. no further No notes. Statements. Just move on. Somebody's going to break it in Commander and they're going to do some weird stuff. Uh, the next card is... 
Jor Kadeen, first Gold Warden. Yeah, this one, maybe, uh, but it is a two-mana 2-2, so red and a white for a 2-2 legendary creature human rebel. Grizzly Bear immediately screaming constructed playable. Mm -hmm. It's a human as well, uh, relevant creature type. Has trample. Relevant creature type since when? 2018. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, sorry. Relevant creature time since 2018 to whenever the fuck Fury was printed. Exactly. Stop yelling at (laughs) me. I'm still mad about that. All right. Jor (laughs) Kadeen. Two mana, two, two. Human rebel legendary. Trample. Whenever it attacks, it gets plus X, plus X until end of turn, where X is the number of equipped creatures you control. Then... If Jorkadine's power is four or greater, draw. It depends on how much equipment we're getting in this set. And I don't know if it'll be viable in Pioneer. I know a lot of people have been trying to make Pioneer Hammer Time work. And I feel like this is a card that could see playing something like that. It's not going to be on the level of modern Hammer Time, but you know. Um. Yeah, I, I, don't, think, I don't think this card is uh, is good at all. you know usually when i see cards like this i can usually kind of close my eyes and imagine getting killed by them like these these weird low cost Mm -hmm. aggressive you don't see it when you look at this one when i see it i look at this one i'm just like man it even has the two toughness that's the toughness that things die at in pioneer yeah it dies to stomp (laughs) yeah yeah that's that's it's rough um and it wants you to not just have equipped creatures, but have like multiple equipped creatures and preferably this one being equipped to get you your card. Mm-hmm. And that's just like a lot of hoops to, to jump through for, I mean, I just don't, I just don't see it. I don't see it on this guy. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like a shot in the dark. Yeah. I think that this is probably, this is probably a, a, a casual commander card, like for the casual yeah. commander players that want to do mm-hmm. like cool Sunforger stuff. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think it's just a commander card might see constructed play. I mean, it, it just being a two mana two, two with trample was what in- intrigued me, but you know, overall it's cool. We'll see what equipments we get and see how standard shapes out, but I'm going to, uh, Oh God, I can, I can be fairly confident. I do not believe this card is going to see standard play. I'm going to give it a, out of uh six okay we're gonna gonna hold you to it you're probably right but yeah please i cannot wait to get i will laugh so hard (laughs) if i just get brutalized by this card in multiple formats and just just have to just have to go back and 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 check the tapes and see my rating system of fart noise out of seven i I have a feeling this card maybe maybe you're gonna have a moment where it's just like wait subtlety has flying but it's with this card you're like wait this card has trample and you're just gonna die to like a 2020 (laughs) yeah yeah but moving on to the one card you and i really really wanted to talk about and she's back machine mommy she's here Elish Norn, Mother of Machines. We finally got the card. Elish yeah. Norn is a legendary Phyrexian Praetor, four white, five mana for a four seven with vigilance. And it reads, if a permanent entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. As well as permanents entering the battlefield don't cause abilities of permanents your opponents control to trigger. Would you like to start? <laughs> yes first of all uh, i i i prefer the nickname of big mommy melters 
after my time yes. with the resident <laughs> village. Um, but let's just let's just let's just look at this. Let's break this down a little bit. Break We've it got down. a panharmonicon, right? We've got a panharmonicon. That is four. Count them four mana. We have got a torpor orb. That is two two mana. And this is a little bit better than torpor orb because it doesn't affect your stuff. Which means we are at least at six mana worth of value. And then there's a four seven vigilance attached. Kyle, why the fuck does this card cost five mana? It's the like same a... power and toughness as OG Elish Norn. That bitch was yeah. seven mana. This is five. <laughs> it's just like from standard, I'm gonna be honest with you. A five mana four seven vigilance with literally any other text is probably gonna be good. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think that this card, I can confidently say, is going to be played in standard. The extent to which it's played in standard, I think, depends on how good Panharmonicon and one-sided Torpor Orb end up being. Ooh, question. How does this work with Fable of the Mirror Breaker? So I don't believe that Sagas have any Enter the Battlefield abilities. Okay. I am looking at this, and I can tell you that the... Saga entering the battlefield it won't have an ETB mm-hmm. trigger, so it won't impact that. The only thing that would be impacted on Fable of the Mirror Breaker is when you're copying something with Kiki Jiki. Well, I mean, that would be like the reason I bring up Fable, obviously, because it's played in so many formats. And mm-hmm. if that was true, like just doubling just that ETB trigger would be insane. But honestly, I'm just thinking about standard and looking at a few decks like. Just look at that being your top end of like the Orzov mid range or the Mono White mid range, and you're, you know, you're triggering your Spirited Companion twice, drawing two cards, Anointed Peacekeeper, uh, you know, Graveyard Trespasser, just Anointed Peacekeeper. Also, I don't think is an ETB. Yeah, it says as as it enters the battlefield, look at an opponent's hand. Yeah. So would you only pick one? Yes. Okay. I mean, still. <laughs> yeah, because that's not an actual enter the battlefield uh, ability. It doesn't cause a trigger at any point. Gotcha. Yeah. See, these are good things to to to, to think about when evaluating yeah. cards like this. Yeah. But I mean, just anything that has a ETB, like which is very important in, in Magic <laughs> right now, like that's how we evaluate cards in a sense, like especially with creatures, like if it does it have an ETB, does it do something when you first cast it? Because it, it it has to be removal as well as a creature. It has to do something as it goes into the battlefield or a cast trigger. Like, mm-hmm. just having this stapled to a 4-7 with Vigilance for 5 mana. If uh, your opponent slams this and you're playing an aggro deck... You're never good, removing good it. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. You're, you're just not, not getting through it. So I think part of the difficulty in us finding ETB triggers like that that would be stopped by this in a format like standard or pioneer is that i think while etb triggers are pretty pervasive we're we're not at a point like we were pre-modern horizons where there were a yeah. lot of etb triggers happening in modern mm-hmm. and like even in standard like that's going to blank some important stuff like that's definitely going to blank your corpse appraisers it's going to affect uh it's going to affect the first part of graveyard trespasser mm-hmm. but 
I feel like, and this is what I think is going to determine how ubiquitous this card is, is it's going to really be determined by what super specific things are getting got by it. It's not like Shieldred, right? Shieldred's triggers yeah. are so are like you're drawing cards. You are going to draw a card a turn. Your opponent's going to draw a card a turn. Shieldred is going to her abilities are not going to be flavor text, right? Mm-hmm. Basically ever. And I think there's a good percentage of the time where this card's abilities in basically any format you play her in are going to end up being flavor text. And I think that a five mana four seven vigilance is good probably close to good enough for where we are in standard right now but mm-hmm. i don't think that's good enough in any other format now if she's blanking like have that card in play you're playing mono green devotion and pioneer what is that doing is it stopping your dorks no is it stopping your trolls no is it stopping your karn kioras it stops the triggered ability on Kiora. It stops the Cavalier. Mm-hmm. It stops the triggered ability when you play. It stops Oath of Nyssa. Stops Oath of Nyssa. And I think that's that's what you need to do to evaluate cards like this mm-hmm. because you look at that text and you're like, that seems good. Is it is it good though? Like and and the thing you have to do is like Shieldred, you don't have to really analyze a whole lot of the context, right? No. You 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 know that drawing cards, everyone's gonna be drawing cards. It's kind of a bit closer to where Vorinclex was, where those abilities, you were just like, is this enough to justify it? And for Vorinclex, the answer a lot of the time was no. Yeah, and I feel like Vorinclex was just you you tried to abuse the the saga aspect or the planeswalker aspect of it, mm-hmm. where you're getting like just more counters on like say your Ugin or your binding of the old gods, things like that. And you know, it's good, but it's, it's also like that was a six mana. It had haste. It was a six, six. That, that was cool and all, but I, like Shieldred, I think is just the best of all the Praetors so far because she is just inherently good. No matter what you cast Shieldred on turn four, your opponent is going to go to their draw step. And most of the time, your opponent has to draw extra cards to get into the game. And that's just adding to your clock. Oh yeah. And it being a four or five death touch and the incidental life gain is very important as well. Mm-hmm. Like I, I playing Rakdos mid range and pioneer I've saved myself by just cracking a blood token or just going to my draw step, having enough like resources to put blockers onto the field or just have enough removal spells. And then just shield or just help me gain life and as well as put on a clock. Yeah. I, I think I think that this card is going to the amount it's going to play unlike Shieldred depends a lot on the cards that exist contextually around it. Right. Mm -hmm. So we talked and it's like pretty medium against and like, let's go through a few, like in pioneer, Mm -hmm. we talked about it's pretty medium. It stops like Cavalier. It stops a few things against spirits like banter. Otherwise, like it stops your mausoleum wanderers. It stops your spell spell quellers. If they're playing spell quellers and notably this does cost five mana, not four. So you can't even spell queller this, which kind of makes for a nice play pattern. Ooh, ooh. It shuts off a lot of grease fang. It shuts off the chariot, right? Chariot, uh, like Seder Wayfinder, uh, Rafine, Rafine's informant. Um, I mean, it, like, good. Oh gonna, yeah. At, like the first half of your, your, mm-hmm. your, your mill boy. And you know, a lot of people be like, oh, they're one and two mana or like, you know, three to four mana. But at the same time, Grease Fang is always going to cast Seder Wayfinder no matter what turn it is. Same thing yeah, with yeah. Rafine's informant. 
like a lot of the time that's that's how they get back in the games especially with azika's chariot yeah you still get the attack trigger but etb they get two cats and they can crew it immediately when they get it off grease fang Mm -hmm. now again you could play this in grease fang as well to just double up on a lot of those triggers but at the same time, it's kind of, it's, it's narrow. It's another thing to consider, but it's weird how like you look at the, like, oh, it doubles ETBs. And then you really think about the, yeah. what ETBs, like, am I going to do? And you're like, uh, I can't really think of much. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's kind of speaks to how much narrower that sort of effect is now. And like, we talked about Grease Fang. We talked about Mono Green. We talked, to, it, it does absolutely nothing against Lotus Field. It, that's whatever. Is it good against these aggressive low to the ground red and gruel decks? Like maybe like one or two cards. What does it do against these angels? It actually, yeah, this card just trounces that deck. And it also beats some of the permanent based means of taking care of it. Like you can't ley line binding this. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't uh, brutal cathar this. That, that's actually quite relevant too to protect itself, like standard pioneer and even modern. And. Yeah, I mean, it getting around Brutal Cathar is, you know, pun intended, kind of brutal when you're playing a yeah. mono-white, you know, humans-type deck or mono-white aggro, and you're like, all right, I'll get rid of the 4-7 I can't get around. It's like, nope. <laughs> but worth noting that Elishnorn and Brutal Cathar and Leyline Binding are all white cards, mm-hmm. and they all have ETB triggers. Now, what if you're playing Elishnorn? And you try and use the Panharmonicon side. Your Leyline Binding tags two things. Your Brutal Cathar tags two things. Your, you know, that seems really good. <laughs> I think, and I think you have more. You obviously have more control over what you're doing than what your opponent's doing. Mm-hmm. So you might just want to have this be a five mana four seven Panharmonicon, and like that's that's probably pretty good. Yeah. I, so with just that in mind, saying the second half, even if we ignore the uh, the the situations where your opponent's getting locked out of doing something. Mm -hmm. Just the first half, if you are in a lower-powered format where you are building around her, I'd say this card's pretty good. I bet you this card's going to be pretty pretty good in standard at the very least and Mm -hmm. probably doesn't break through into the other major formats is my guess i I think it'll see play in you know pioneer and i even think it'll see some play in modern not a lot but some people will try it i think it'll see more play in pioneer but i don't think it'll be the same level as shieldred or even voring like maybe a little more than voring clicks because a lot of people have tried voring clicks and pioneer with like other shenanigans but i i think pioneer it might be i don't want to say like a fringe card in most strategies but if it's like Mm -hmm mono white mid-range type or i've seen a lot of orzov mid-range and pioneer pop up and you know like like we've said just a four seven for five with vigilance sometimes is good and just other stuff stacked onto it is just is pretty sweet but uh yeah i I, i'm happy like all the praetors are back i think they've been really cool and yeah elish nord is one of my favorites because like look at that big dumb triangle head it's awesome (laughs) <laughs> this is some spooky silent hill shit going on here and i'm here for it i'm here for it yeah but yeah um seeing these cards you you a little excited for for phyrexia or kind of waiting to see what else oh i mean like the set seems from what we've seen it seems middle of the road set so far but it's only mm-hmm. been five cards so yeah we don't really by the time this releases it'll probably be quite a few more i yeah, don't know st- how many steadily. days is this how many days is this spoiler season? The last one was two days long, so... Yeah, I mean, this is pretty early for spoiler season. 
or for like them spoiling a bunch of these cards. Like mm-hmm. the set doesn't come out till February, but they'll probably they'll steadily do it. They might take a break for like the holidays and things like that, and just really ramp it up like once it hits like end of December, January. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. But also, we did forget to mention one card: the big boy is back in standard. Phyrexian Obliterator. He's getting a reprint. <laughs> People are just going to be sacrificing permanence. And for those who don't know what that card is it is a four mana four black pip five five that whenever it's dealt damage the controller of that damage sacrifices that many permanents correct and it has trample yeah Um, why not (laughs) um so that card last time we were looking at that it was in a vapor snag format so it was really terrible it was like that format had Mm -hmm. vapor snag and dismember so like that that card was so bad. People should not have been playing it. And right now we have access to Fading Hope. Very good card. And go for the throat again. Mm-hmm. Eh, eh. People are going to play it. Oh, people are going to 100% play this. Yeah. But I have the fairly unpopular opinion that Phyrexian Obliterator is uh, not a good card. Astronaut meme never has been. <laughs> but people will play it. And people were swearing. Sure, no, it's sure. real yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. People listen to Coldplay and voted for the Nazis. You can't trust people. Exactly. <laughs> also, why would you play this over Shieldred? Yeah, that seems you just wouldn't. Like <laughs> somebody taps four somebody taps four mana and I'm like, oh God. Here comes Shieldred. This is gonna be really bad. And then they play this. I'm like, all right, go for the throat. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I cannot wait to I cannot wait to invoke the winds. Somebody's Phyrexian obliterator. Oh, 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 and block with it. Oh my god. I don't know. I spent a lot of time looking at this card because I was playing Blue White Delver in that format in that standard format last time. As one does. Like, this is nothing. This doesn't do oh, anything. Yeah. And like it, it's this is this is the craziest thing. Like people look at this looked at this card when it first got spoiled and when it, in its original printing, it's like, oh, this is crazy. It wasn't great in that format. And now with power creep, it's like, oh, Phyrexian Obliterator, it's in standard. Now it's in Pioneer. Isn't that cool? And like, I feel everybody's like, yeah, it's cool. We got a reprint, but like, there's just so many better, like just mono black cards you can play. Honestly, I feel like the best thing you can do with this card in Pioneer is like a mono black devotion deck. Just play this, don't attack, untap, go to five, play Gary and win. (laughs) Sure. I think personally, I think the best line you can take with this card is going to cardkingdom.com slash buy list <laughs> and getting your crisp $20 bill that you can use to buy some Emery's or something. Or put it towards buying one Shieldred. <laughs> You'll need a lot of those $20 bills, but just play Shieldred. <laughs> yeah, just just like, just play, like, get yourself a Shieldred, get yourself like a Gix or something like that. Those oh, are all yeah. great, great mono black cards that don't, that they generate value very quickly mm-hmm. and they don't need infinite time. Yeah, I, I would agree. But uh, before we leave, before we move mm-hmm. on, uh, since we're going back to Phyrexia, this is a reprint from that Phyrexia set. Do you think we see any other reprints like that? You did mention Vapor Snag. That's one of my favorite cards of all time. If they reprint Vapor Snag and I can play that in my 8PZ deck in Pioneer, I will be very very happy but do you think they're gonna do any other reprints like this yeah i hope they reprint snapcaster and vapor snag just and mana leak while you're doing it yes please print mana leak (laughs) just get oh my actually i think mana leak would be 
Sweet. It would be awesome. Yeah, I think I think it would be good. I, I don't know if it'd be too good, but I always I always am saying that I don't think it's I, I think you should be printing mana leak into these formats. Mm-hmm. Remind the children of why they need to be scared when they tap five mana for their spells. Correct. But do I put them on Vapor Snag being a reprint? I don't think so. I think that would be the thing that pushes this mono blue Delver deck that does or sometimes doesn't play delvers yeah uh, i think that would be the thing that pushes it over the edge mm-hmm. um i think if we're seeing some random blue phyrexian themed reprint it's likely to be psychic barrier that's my bet psychic barrier oh i forget i know what that card is but i forget it's a what it blue, does blue essence scatter oh Lo- they lose one. Oh my god i think gosh. that would be pretty chill yeah like I, oh i remember that card because i love the art yeah that actually would be be pretty sweet to mm-hmm. have. But yeah, overall, I'm pretty stoked that we're finally going back to Phyrexia. And this is for the set after All Will Be One. It's uh, March of the Machines. They did release some artwork for it. And Teferi's in the middle, you know, being Teferi. He's the center of the art piece. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a Loxodon on your left looking at it. But on the right is a very familiar character. One of my favorite cards and favorite characters, Thalia, is in the artwork. And... What we're thinking is that we're getting a Thalia Planeswalker. Oh, cool. I know you don't care, but I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I get to lose to a third type of Thalia. (laughs) Stop hating on my death and taxes stuff. (laughs) Yo, I should probably stop hating on your death and taxes stuff. It's having a hard time, you know? Yes. Can you imagine being like a DNT player in Legacy and you're just like, finally, it's my time. And then everyone calls your deck Mono White Initiative. <laughs> it's finally good and it's not even your deck. <laughs> and they're just like, well, I think it's because people that like winning don't want to be associated with Death and Taxes players. Which is fair. They're just like, ah, now keep them away from me. He's, he's a vanilla rapist. Keep them away from my kids. <laughs> I love your hot takes on just any kind of player. Just like, just like, oh, this is what this person looks like. They play this. They do that. This plays this. Yeah, I, I'm just imagining a death and taxes player. Like, I, 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 every time I've seen a death and taxes player sleeves, they've always just been like grimy as fuck. And I just imagine that's because they don't wash their hands after eating mayonnaise on saltines. They just spread it out. Just everything about them is mono white. <laughs> oh my god! Never no, change. I know. I know. I know very. I I know quite a few absolutely delightful death and taxes players, and I'm not just saying that because because you want to sound uh, nice. yeah because I, I want to be know. I don't want to be taxed. Um, just leave me alone. <laughs> Let, let me play my, my Grixis pile. I don't want to pay the extra one. Oh, God help me. If if anybody forces me into the legacy seat on any team event, God help them. I'm going to be doing some stupid shit. Oh, I mean, I think you're the first on top of a lot of people's lists because you're probably the only person that they know who has a legacy deck and can actually play it. I will put anybody in a legacy deck. For the love of God, if it is a team event, put me in the standard seat. And if there's no standard, put me in Pioneer. I have an idea. So you agree to play Legacy in a team event, but like the day of or like the day before you go, hey, something come up. I can't do it. I'll send Kyle <laughs> and just tell them like, oh, yeah, it'll be totally fine. And I, they're like, oh, are you you know how to play Legacy, right? I'm like, no, I've never played this format ever in my whole life. I was so close the other day in regards to Legacy. I was so close. I was looking at those um, those stupid fucking uh commander decks for uh space nazis what's the game called <laughs> no, warhammer 
Yes, that's the one. You okay. say that, uh, and everyone knows what you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, that's the story. That's of exactly the game, right? what it is. Okay, yeah, I, I, I didn't think I was making that up, but like, I don't know. If your hobby involves a measuring tape, how not creepy can you be? Like, what's the floor on that? Yeah, I mean, the the, the nice people who play Warhammer, it would be a delight to be around. Will tell you, like, oh no, it's all of them garbage. <laughs> <laughs> so I was looking at the 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 Warhammer Commander decks, and they only had the premium version which i assume based on the price tag isn't just foiling it's like some special treatments on the cards and when you open the box you get a bead or something <laughs> because it was like 300 dollars for one of these commander decks and i was just like i was just like shit i need a i need i need a try i need triumph of saint Catharines. And I go to the store and I was like, do y'all have four of those? And God bless her. Lisa behind the counter was like, do not. She was like, just order them from TCG player. And I say, I don't like TCG player. I don't like them. And she goes, she goes, do it. Do it. Do not. Do it. Yeah, that would have been a imprudent way to spend $300 a copy on Triumph of St. Catharines. Oh my gosh, like they better give you a beach if you have to spend that kind of fucking money. I said I don't I don't know what else is in that deck. It's pro- I don't know. That's but that's you know, that's a product that's pretty clearly not for me, right? No. No, and you know like I'd also be tilted if I had to play with a foil. Yeah, and you know commander pay- players will they'll happily pay for that, which I have mm-hmm. never understood. You know, you talk to commander players who are like, oh, I can't get into like Pioneer or Modern or even Legacy. It's too much money. I'm like you spent like $500 on a commander deck. That's like you only got it because most of the creatures have mustaches or something like. <laughs> and God bless them. God bless them. Yeah. You know, more power it. to like, you. If that's how you're interacting with this game, that's that's great. I mean, there's plenty of people that do it that way. Cool. Awesome. Not not for me, but. That's fine. Um, and then I was just like, wait, even if this were not a ridiculous way to acquire a playset of Triumph of St. Catharines, I haven't played Legacy in like a year. Well, I thought it was more. <laughs> no. Did somebody force you to play Legacy? I was, I was, yeah. <laughs> and that was the moment I was like, I'm not sitting in the Legacy seat again. Please stop. This is a team event. Stop Please putting no. me on Legacy. You know I only... you. <laughs> You know I only know how to play Miracles because mm-hmm. I only played Miracles or Checkpile and they don't want me to experience any joy in life anymore. So they banned Deathrite Shaman. Mm-hmm. I, I miss Deathrite. They banned Sensei's Divining Top. Because they definitely want you to have no fun. Yeah. So like, what am I going to do? I'm going to play some like weird Uro pile. I don't know. I, I'm going to cross that bridge when I come to it, the playing legacy bridge and just like kind of assume that I'm never going to come to that bridge. Fair. I just don't <laughs> see a whole lot of things that would put me in a situation where I'm playing legacy again. Now vintage. Ooh, talk to me. <laughs> oh, uh, that format's also bad, but it's just kind of cool. So yeah. <laughs> Like, it's super fun. But all in all, all of that to, to say that pretty stoked about Phyrexia. We'll see how it goes. And yeah, once some more cards come out, we'll we'll most likely do a top five of what, what oh, we yeah. like. Mm-hmm. Keep it streamlined. Keep it easy. Because I, I don't think anybody wants to hear us talk about every single card in the set. And I don't want to talk about every card in the set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do not <laughs> want to hear me talk about, like, maybe playable two-mana white removal spells, because I just won't shut up about two-mana white removal spells that might be playable in a format. Lay down arms. Lay down Whoa. arms. 
Mm. But yeah, we're finally spoiled. You'll get a top five from us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but until then, we're we're gonna keep talking about cool cards, competitive magic, go through decks, and just enjoy playing paper magic. Oh hell yeah! All right, everyone, and good evening. We have a very special guest with us tonight, and we're gonna be talking about a certain deck that they have enjoyed playing for a while. Would you care to introduce yourself? Yes, I'm Nicholas D. Michelle, and I'm a very good net decker. I'm good at finding who plays the best decks or decks I want to play and just be like, oh, I'm going to jump on that train. Uh, hey, honestly, you can't go wrong. <laughs> so I I have uh, been lost in the sauce with Ross Merriam since probably the weekend this deck blew up in Columbus. I had brought this deck and Elementals, and I wish I'd played only this deck the entire weekend. And uh, what deck is this? This is Underworld Breach. This is the Grinding Station Mox Amber combo deck that mm-hmm. just so happens to win through fair games when people are trying to hate it out. Oh, yes. As a, as somebody who uh, was very publicly just clapped by Ross Miriam on this list on camera. Uh, <laughs> round I one. Can, just round one. And exactly <laughs> like you said, you know, you know, when when you're trying to hate it out, it just has a really good fair plan. Yeah, which is which is super great. And honestly, if you're interested in this playing this deck, just learning more about it, we will have a primer uh, linked in the show notes where we go on an even more deep dive into it. But I'm pretty sure we're going to do an extensive talk about mm-hmm. this deck. Like there's a lot of ins and outs with it. And it's like super fun. But um, uh, if you would like to explain just the basic goal of the deck... Right, the basic goal of the deck is to have Grinding Station in play with Underworld Breach in a zero-mana artifact. Now, there are some nuances of how you can play the deck. Um, the bare minimum is if you hypothetically just have two blue mana after you've cast Underworld Breach and Grinding Station in play in a zero-mana artifact, you can mill your entire deck and cast Thassa's Oracle, which has the text of win the game. If your deck has equal to or equal to or zero devotion. So the, the, the problem that this card has is that if you were if you have zero devotion and zero cards in deck, you win. Yep. So even if you remove the oracle, you still win. Which a lot Seems of fair. people <laughs> uh, yeah. This this came from uh, my uh, competitive commander days, and I'm like, oh, this is like I get to play four ofs. <laughs> uh, and historically, when a uh, when a deck or not not a deck when a card uh, in a combo shell or just a card in a, a deck has win the game in its text box, ninety percent of the time it's pretty good. Uh, that it's it's similar to the old days of ad nauseum with mm-hmm. Labman, yep. but, but better. <laughs> but better because it just yeah. says once it ETBs, the triggers on the stack. Hopefully, you have a stifle. Mm-hmm. And uh, now we we t- you talked about it briefly with like the backup plan. What would be the the backup plan with this deck? So right now there's two prevailing ideas of the backup plan. There's Ledger Shredder and Fable the Mirror Breaker. I have played both and won with both. Currently, the way the meta of what I've seen now this is energy and whatnot. I think Shredders are better. 
because you want consistent card selection uh, versus what Fable gave me in instant card advantage where I could play a Fable and kind of grind through a very quick Blood Moon. It gives you the creature can ramp you and fix your mana. The instant looting of Fable was one thing. And then the flip Fable token, I have made multiple Thassa's Oracles to just scry for. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's something you can do with, with, with Oracle, where, you know, when you're in a pinch, you can just cast it and see what's on the top of your deck. You don't uh, just win the game with it. Correct, but you have to be very careful mm-hmm. when you hard cast it. I hard cast it against Murktide, which has zero ways to exile at game one. You're never going to hard cast it against a, against any controlling white deck. Because Solitude will wreck mm-hmm. you. Literally, oh, I've got two blue mana on turn two, I'll just hard cast it. Okay, we'll pitch to a Solitude, and you have to win fair, and we never have to worry about your combo again. Mm-hmm. Which is now, real tough. Um, yeah. That fair plan you were talking about, at the end of the day, you still have access to just Ragavan and Urza's Saga, which can get you dead, that's for sure. Uh, Ragavan, Urza Saga, and people forget Emery. Yeah. Emery is, is, is the glue that holds this deck together, really. The turn one Emery's that no one removes, I win a lot of games by... I beat, uh, in the NRG this past weekend, I beat a... On a mold of five, I beat Rhinos because I went turn one Emery with a bobble unanswered. Yeah, that's a one-sided howling mine. That's nuts. <laughs> Oh, well, the, the best part was I kept got I got to play around every all of their top decks. Mm-hmm. I was able to play around their Dead Gone, around their Fire Ice, and their Force of Negation. Yeah, that's a lot. The information you get off of the Bobbles sometimes is obscene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and with all the just zero mana artifacts, just with Mistress Bobble and Mox Amber, like I just I, honestly watching the coverage of NRG uh, this past weekend and just seeing Ross Merriam pilot this deck as well as seeing you in person pilot this deck whenever we would play it's it it looks like one of those decks where it's like yeah it's a combo deck and you know there's you have a kind of a fair plan and then it's just like turn two or turn three and it just wins out of nowhere it's just so Mm -hmm. consistent it's so easy about churning through the deck and just seeing as many cards as you can I'm trying I'm doing the math in my head in a perfect world you can combo turn two Mm-hmm. But this is like perfect world of Ragavan hit, ramp you, you you have double amber, but those, eh. Turn three is when this deck can win. If, if you just let it run, mm-hmm. turn three is, is a consistent, uh, you can find pieces. The deck, the Urza Saga plan for this deck makes it so much better. But you have to respect the Blood Moons of Scam. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's actually a really good point. Uh, you, you, you have to be very... Uh, I only played against Scam once. Once? Yeah, once in NRG. Uh, and every time I saw a red fetch land, red, black fetch land <laughs> or other, if it but didn't fetch green, I was like, okay, we got to respect the Blood Moon. Grab mm-hmm. my basic. The one time I Emery milled my basic island, and I was so glad I had my, my Springleaf Drum in play. Or I was like, uh, we're never beating this. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like um, Springleaf Drum, even as a one-up with Urza Saga, can really help you out in sticky situations. It, it can. Uh, it comes up into the uh, the way my deck is slightly different than Ross Miriam's. As he was playing two Teferi, mm-hmm. I cut one of my Teferis for Tameshi. <laughs> oh, how, how's Tameshi? Because I love uh, that freaking card. Okay, so Tameshi Reality Architect. 
Uh, if anyone knows of the uh, the combo deck with Lotus Bloom, oh, with, oh uh, so fun. <laughs> the Eldamri's Call deck. Uh, see, I was like trying to find a way to slot in Hall of Heliod Generosity, the land that lets me put enchantments back on top. Mm-hmm. The land A gets beat by Blood Moon and would give me a fifth colorless source, which is none of the things I want to do. Yeah. Tameshi is a legendary for my Mox Ambers, is a draw engine in just the fact I can pay one white mana, put a Bobble, Amber, or an Urza Saga, okay? The putting an Urza Saga back into play, bouncing a basic, playing it again, drawing a card, and not losing any mana is pretty big. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I beat Scam with a Tameshi because they didn't respect it, and they didn't respect, they sided out their blood moves. Seems weird. That seems very odd. Yeah. They were they were on the Magus of the Moon plan, and I'm like, well, that's so much easier. I can remove mm-hmm. that. I have seven ways to get a Magus off the pl- field. I have three, two wear tears, and a Teferi four if I count uh, Odawara to get a Blood mm-hmm. Moon off the battlefield mm-hmm. for any amount of time. Yeah. And uh, Tameshi actually won me a game of being able to play through Counter Magic, where she has the ability to put the artifact or enchantments on the field, and I was able to activate her, put an Underworld Breach into play, cast an Emery from hand, and then put a Grinding Station onto play without having to cast it. Nice. So uh, you mentioned specifically the combo and what you need to go off mm-hmm. in order to kind of use that Grinding Station to loop through. Can you describe to us the actions the game actions you would take to demonstrate that loop like if somebody were trying to play and they need to be able to demonstrate the loop that's the first thing we want them to be able to do okay Mm -hmm. so the loops is you have four mana just basic loop you have four mana two blue sources a red and a colorless just to be vague you cast underworld Mm -hmm. breach with grinding station in play if you have five cards in graveyard and one of them is a zero mana artifact you cast underworld breach with grinding station in play cast the bobble or amber when it enters the battlefield, Grinding Station is going to trigger. So while it's untapped, you can activate it in response. So you can mill and have your Grinding Station untapped. So you can have all extra mills. Because that's the minimum. If you if you have a zero in play and you have one extra card, you can cast Oracle and have zero cards access to whatsoever. Uh, which is typically what you want to be doing. Uh, so once you have cast the zero, trigger grinding station, mm-hmm. mill the zero, put it in the graveyard mill three, you continually do that exact loop. Announce the trigger of grinding station in response, grind the zero away, and then continuously do that till you have zero cards left in deck. You can still have some in your graveyard, depending on how your interaction lines up with your mana. Then you cast Oracle from the graveyard or hand, and once that ETBs, the ETB will go and you'll trigger so the things you never really want to exile when you're going through your loop, the main ones that if you're going through, you don't want to touch, you want to set them to the side, Correct. you don't want to mess with your Thoracle, and you don't want to mess with your zero mana artifact. You're always going to have multiples, but you don't want to hit the zero or the Oracle, literally. That is, some people have lost the game because they've went too fast and exiled their Oracle. It's better to, literally, you'll see me mm-hmm. just, oh, Oracle, that'll go to a different spot of my graveyard. Another thing you want to be able to do is produce mm-hmm. blue mana. The way the deck typically wins is having an Emery in play, tapping it for blue. Oh, tapping the Mox Amber for blue. Yeah, in response to the grinding station, you tap for blue, and you continuously make blue mana. Now, what will happen sometimes, you don't have blue. You might, like, might Let's say you're under a blood moon, and you, you only have one blue mana. 
You can cast Emery from Graveyard. Typically, that can cost one blue mana because she has the ability to cost one less for every artifact you have in play. So you can cast Emery mm-hmm. and then make blue mana. The, the, the fun shenanigans is when you have only a Ragavan. So you can make red mana but can't make blue. Then you have to watch out for your Springleaf Drum. Because once you find Drum, you can uh, escape that. Tap your Ragavan for blue, then cast Emery, and then make blue mana. There, there are levels to the combo. There's the basic, <laughs> oh, I've got four mana, grinding stations in play, go for the combo. And then you go from the, can I combo through this line? I think the most complicated one I had to go through was, I was tapped out of all my blue mana, I had tapped out my Springleaf Drum, and I had to grinding station away Springleaf Drum, cast a drum again, make red mana to kill my Oracle, and then play it again. Interesting. Yeah, that, that, that was uh, that was the one where you had to make sure Galvlast was still uh, still around, or a, a Fury with a counter on it for scan. So like Springleaf Drum being an artifact in there means that if you're kind of pinched on blue and you have some unstra- uh, untapped creatures lying around, you can always sacrifice though the Springleaf Drums while you're going off to escape those and then tap them for blue, sacrifice it again, escape it tap it for a second blue so you 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 really can kind of cobble together your double blue mana to cast uh thassa's oracle it's it's (laughs) the 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 combo is like oh i just have to have grinding station underworld breach and a zero man artifact and then it's like well there's a little bit more steps than that (laughs) yeah for sure you're talking about your opponent's interaction and things that they're doing to try and disrupt you does it get a lot worse post board it comes to what you're playing against if you're playing against scam you're praying that you combo, but you're just trying to play fair. You, you, mm-hmm. you side out Urza Sagas. They, they, they mm-hmm. typically have anywhere from four to six moons in their deck. So you actually side out lands in certain matchups because of Blood Moon. Just because if, let's say, you're on turn three on the draw, mm-hmm. and your Saga is one of your three lands, and it you get you lose it, sometimes you can never come back from that deficit. That's fair, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you are playing a semi-fair deck. The, the the powers that be, who are much smarter than I when it comes to sideboarding, have learned Fury is a really good sideboard card. Because yeah. uh, I've hardcast that against Scam, and it literally flipped the game on its head. Depending on the thing. If you're playing against Blue-White Control, you can play either or. They, nowadays, they play March. I haven't really looked at Blue-White Control list, but March of Otherworldly Light, and mm-hmm. maybe some... Uh, uh, spreading Seas is the their ways to get rid yeah. of Sagas. Mm-hmm. The, 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 those are typically it, but I would never bring out Sagas. You're trying to... Sagas are typically how you bleep blue-white control. After a point uh, against Scam, I'm taking out some amount of Sagas. Hammer is probably my least favorite matchup, just because of they're very similar to... Uh, Interesting, yeah. Uh, just because they, they have the same ability as, as uh, Breach, where they combo so quickly. Like... Yeah. Because enchantments have become so important to get rid of, uh, I've gone down on a Prismatic Ending, which is a real good card against them, mm-hmm. and gone up on Wear Tears, where the mana gets a little fishy, where white gets in the thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Because they like you'll have to tap out for something, and then you get double hammered. <laughs> That's yeah. happened. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, and I think the versatility of Wear Tear helps more than... It- Ending. Um, Leyline Binding is never a card I'm that scared of anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, oh, yeah. You're like, oh, cool. Leyline Binding Emery. Cool. You take it. I'll wear tear it now. 
I'll mill four more cards to fuel mm-hmm. my graveyard. I think that's a real feel bad for your opponent when you wear tear their Leyline Binding and then Emery mills four more cards. You're like, oh. Yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> that, that happened to me on Five Color Creativity. I Leyline Binding something important and they were just like, ha-ha. Oh, <laughs> they no. just got me with the wear tear. <laughs> that's, that's the... Uh, the, the, the uh... The slots are, are tight in the deck, and it's just mm-hmm. interesting to see where they go. Because the deck used to play Urza. That's why it was cool. Grinding mm-hmm. Station, you could you could play like two artifacts, make six mana, and spin the wheel, and try to get some card advantage there. Uh, now yeah. it's like it, double blues are hard to do in this 21-land yeah. deck, and four of them are colorless. Yeah. Yeah, and you've got to be able to tap white so you can play Teferi, because you got to love a Teferi 3 just resolving. Yeah, it's like, like, oh, three, okay, three cool. Fairy is just really, really good. And if you can play it in a deck, like I think you should really consider it. And I think it's just great in yeah. Breach. So I got a question for you. Go ahead. In your post-board game, you've resolved your mulligans and they say, I have pre-game effects and put a Leyline of the Void into play. Okay. How do you feel about that? Just in general, are you like, oh, this is nothing. I just have to wait for a wear tear. Or, ooh, this is kind of inconvenient. Typically, it's it's the Leyline of the Void plus Blood Moon. Once once you get that lock going, then I'm worried. I'm in a hard spot. Because because just because you've got Leyline of the Void and Dothy could possibly exile my combo. Mm-hmm. You just, I play an Emery, mill four cards. Oh, Oracle's in there. I don't have the accidental I win the game button. Mm-hmm. And I like having a win the game button. It's just, it's kind of nice. I mean, you're like, you're, you're, you're fourth and long. You're like, ooh, underworld breach. Can I do it? Yeah, especially <laughs> when you're, you're, you are playing a combo deck. You know, you want a combo off. Like you've built your deck in that way. And, you know, it's nice you have that fair, you know, fair backup plan. But uh, I think you would want to just, Combo off with Thoracle instead of just do the Ragavan Shredder beats. Uh, the Ragavan Shredder beats are fun, but I, it's a little nerve-wracking because you're just like, oh, do I get there? Do I cross the finish line? Now, sometimes you cross the finish line. Like, you were winning no matter what. Mm-hmm. Like, your opponent mulls to five. You play Emery on one. You're like, okay. Yeah. Do, do we really want to play past turn three? But, uh, yeah, so we've talked about, like, a lot of the, the tougher matchups or, like, playing through hate, things like that at a sideboard. What are some of the matches or matchups you have where you're just like, oh, easy, cakewalk. Like, I'm just going to dumpster them and then move on and probably go get some lunch. Um, surprisingly, four color when it was around. If you look at Derek Davis, who just won energy, mm-hmm. uh, him and I were talking. He's like, yeah, I, he played Ross in Columbus. And that matchup was so nice before Leyline Binding. Titan, I have I have felt is a very good matchup if they're on the current build, if they're on the the, the creature only build, if they're on the Karn package where they played Karn the Great Creator and they're mm. in their main deck. I would think they would have a better game because game ones were just racing. Mm-hmm. He has, they have a Besaju, I have a quicker combo. I have unholy heat to kill their thing, and modern is much more about how much. Well, you know your deck. Mm-hmm. where you give a middling to low-competent player on any deck, the competent Merfolk player will win. I mean, I would not want to play Tom Ross when he plays 8-Rack. I mean, I just think he, he knows <laughs> yeah. that deck. Yep. Even, even if, if I'm playing Breach, I'm like, okay, I still have to like play as tight as possible because mm-hmm. if you give any points, they'll just find a way to win. Scam is the matchup I don't like seeing at all because they just have... Dothy, Dothy Boy Walker, yeah. Blood Moon, mm-hmm. Thoughtseize, and they put a clock. 
Literally, mm-hmm. they put a four four in play turn one, and I'm like, uh, how do I get Metalcraft or uh, do I get Delirium? Oh, you play Fury into Dothy. Ugh, I don't have. I have one removal spell here. I think that Burn, the current list I have, I like it better because I put my Shadow Spear back in the main. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that's uh, super good in, in that matchup. I, I yeah. think with my Shadow Spear in the main right now. I have a much better burn matchup than I did before. Mm-hmm. I know Ross Merriam had mentioned that he wants that in the main because of the uh, over-representation of burn in paper. Yeah. Uh, burn and Zoo. The, the, those yeah, the, Zoo uh, has come back. Yeah. Zoo has been popping up because of Leyline Binding, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. The, the, with, with the Shadow Spear in the main, that was one of my concessions. Uh yeah, every store has a zoo guy, right? There's always there's always some there's always zoo guy and he's not always there, but you know who the zoo guy is in any LGS setting, right? You know the zoo guy, you know the burn guy. Oh yeah. Paper is typically much more of what your deck is. Some of us aren't degenerates and just be like, Oh, I wanna play elementals. <laughs> oh, six months later, I wanna play Breach. <laughs> uh, well, luckily for me, Breach Breach took pieces from Murktide that I had and titan so i i but then again i also just, had and titan. just shoved them shove them together <laughs> yeah i'm the degenerate that has all of them every time <laughs> i just have every card all the time I, Forever. I mean, it, it, my favorite's like oh just ask Devardi. he's got any random common or uncommon except idea. grist except grist the hunger tide i do not own any copies of grist the well, hunger yeah because i mean kyle i would ask you or i would ask tj okay come on now. You yeah ones, the i'm the young guy guys. also you can't put me on a mid-range deck i just like not just pure mid-range no even though no, no your, your mid-range deck has to have some kind of combo in it it has or it has to have counter spells that's yes. what it is that, that's like, it. nowadays jund is merc tide let's just be honest yeah, yeah. Murktide is the, quote, Jund deck of the format. The mm-hmm. deck I haven't really played against to know what the matchup is, uh, you probably know more about this, uh, Kyle, is Yawkmoth. Because I was always afraid of their scavenging use in the main. I don't know yeah, it's it's weird because I've never played against Breach. It's it's literally like the one deck in the meta that I have not played against. And I I think we just race. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, I, I think you, you just should, race. <laughs> it, it, I, I don't know if they're playing the uh, scavenging use in the main. Um, because, I, I am, and most people are like one main, one side, because it's just yeah. See, that's that's the problem because you scavenge use that oracle. I'm like, oh. No. And uh, a lot of lists are playing it in the sideboard, but I'm playing one main, one side is a haywire might. Hey, now we don't need that card. Anymore. That card is just so good. There's just I, oh my I know. god. <laughs> yes. Did you know that that card exiles? Yes, it exiles. Uh, the best thing is is that you uh, <laughs> I cast a spell in response, exile my underworld breach. Yeah, that, that comes into the play of if you think your opponent has some sort of like disenchant effect and you have extra mana, cast a second breach. Mm-hmm. Then your opponent will cry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that is one of my favorite things to do is you cast second breach and they're like, why? And I'm like, well, <laughs> one, I've got the I can do it. one to save you in hand. You can't get rid of both. <laughs> yep. And then they force a vigor. You're like, cry. <laughs> the next question I would have would be, what are your mulligans like? Like, what are you? What's a good hand? What's a like, you know, keepable hands? You know, once where it's just, can you go to five? Is it better to be like seven and six and then just figure it out from there? Oh man, that is a. It, the hands you want to keep are things that can do stuff early because your late game's always going to be there. You're going to rip an underworld breach. You're going to find an emery. You're going to find some way. You're going to find expressive iteration. I mean, the deck plays some really, I mean, Emery, expressive iteration, Ragavan, Teferi, Urza Saga. They're just good cards. 
The worst card in the deck I play is Mox Amber and Grinding Station. Grinding Station is in the name yeah. of the deck. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I mean, we're only playing three of them for a reason. <laughs> so bad. I mean, Underworld Breach, you know how good it is to cast three uh, Mistress Bobbles and then bounce it back to your hand with the Teferi? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Underworld Breach, good card. Grinding Station, it, it needs eh. a little help. <laughs> So, do you like the opening hand on seven? That's turn one, Ragavan, turn two, anything you can spend your mana on, even if the Ragavan yes. dies? Yes, if you're telling me my, like, the dream hands you want are, like, turn one, Ragavan, turn two, Shredder, plus a Kanai trigger with an Amber or Bobble, and then you go from there. Okay. Uh, other hands are, like, Ragavan plus two Bobble and one land are typically hands you can handle. Uh, sometimes mm -hmm. it's better to use the bobble on yourself to see if you're hitting a land, and then you can dash on two. Okay. I always recommend you hold back your zeros if you have no reason. If you have an Emery in hand, go ahead, cast it. But mm -hmm. let's say your hand is... You're on like a mold of six. You you happen to know you're, uh, from the previous round or you're at locals on a Friday night. You're playing against Rakdos or like Grixis. And you keep a six that's on the plays like land, unholy heat, bobble, Teferi, land, land. So you get three lands, a bobble, unholy heat, and a Teferi. And you bottomed another land. You want to keep the bobble typically because if you draw Shredder, you can connive on turn two. You can. Oh, very nice. Um, yeah. Now, on the other side, let's say you only have two lands or one land, and you're trying to make sure you, you want to hit land three. You want to be able to start making constructs immediately. Also, pay attention to how your mana base is going to interact with Urza Saga. Are you trying to mm -hmm. cast Expressive Duration on turn three, or are you trying to make constructs on three? Because depending on your matchup, the constructs matter more than the card advantage on Expressive. Yeah, like... yeah. Or like Merktide, right? Merktide is like they that game one they can't beat they can't beat a saga if you're just activating it making correct. And Once you get a saga to seven, they can't kill it. They're just they're just not. Now game three, two, and three, you have to worry about Brotherhood's end because that says mm -hmm. destroy all your artifacts. Yeah, and yeah. Mer Merktide's been playing Brotherhood's end out of the the sideboard now and pretty stock they've, list. They've got it. It's just it's just too good. I think against Hammer, it's a good card. Against it's another sort of dress down effect that 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 just does stuff. I think that uh, your hands de depend on what you're trying to do. Against like Rhinos, you want to you want either interaction. Like I kept a hand that was uh, on seven, three lands, uh, Draineth, Pierce, Teferi, and something else. Okay, kept a very interactive hand. Or you do the opposite. You do very aggro. You go like Embryon mm -hmm. one, Breach, Grinding Station, one of the two combo pieces. Uh, you typically want Breach in hand. You can find a Grinding Station much easier uh, mm -hmm. because you, uh, Breach means you can you can value or you can go combo. The, the best times are when you you have enough cards in Graver that you can loop Emery's. This is a, a much oh, weirder. Yeah. This is a much weirder line where you have to have so many cards in Graveyard. But if you have your second mm -hmm. Amber and a second Emery, you can loop those two. You mill four cards every loop, but you uh, uh, you, you lose you mill four, but you lose six. You lose use six, but you can attempt to find another a grinding station or some way to enter, to find a grinding station. So you mill four cards every mm -hmm. time you cast. Uh, you have to cast second Amber, legendary rule the second one away, make blue, saying you have two artifacts, an Amber and a bobble, an Amber and a drum. Something that has two mm -hmm. artifacts, so you can keep casting second emery to legendary, roll it away. 
Yeah, I, I feel like uh, Emery is just... It doesn't even read mill four cards in this deck. It says draw four when you have Breach on the battlefield. Like, it's just... You're just literally grinding through your deck and just finding everything you need. As I said, be careful, though, of your basic island. You need that. Yeah. It, uh, there, there are... Yogmoth plays Blood Moon, Merktide, Rhinos, if they're on the non line <laughs> binding version. I mean, Scam... In Rakdos midrange, those all play Blood Moons. Watch out I mean, for that. Blood Moons everywhere. If, mm-hmm. if a deck is playing red, like there's a very, very good chance that Blood Moons in the main or on the sideboard. Uh, and you have to, you have to, oh, think, yeah. about you have to think about it. And you have to be careful about your own mills. Like you mm-hmm. mill yourself with an Emery, you could lose your island. So sometimes it's mm-hmm. better you want to fetch beforehand. You want to mm-hmm. set things up. The things I look out for are what do you, what does turn one two and three look like because if you're playing against hammer you want a very removal heavy hand uh you want to you want to put this game out in the long game you want to find your aether spell bomb which is just a mm-hmm. house against them oh yeah because you could bounce a like cauldron complete most people can't deal with it ah, i can bounce the germ token and then like oh cool you just burnt it i'm sure i'll take five <laughs> i took five off the first hit i found my spell bomb bounced it okay cool i'll play it again off emery you're never getting a hammer on a creature beyond my merry way. Yeah, I feel like Emery is just the best card in this deck. Like It is. It's just so good. It, it, it sets up a combo. It mills you. It fuels everything you need. It makes Mox Amber tap for mana. You get so much value. So, like, literally, you could play a Mishra's Bobble, Mox Amber, Emery hand with one land as just your one, two, three, four cards and win. You cast a turn one Emery yeah. with a Bobble, guaranteed, mm-hmm. and you've ramped. So... Let's say that last card happens to be Spell Pierce or Mystical Dispute. Cool. Pierce your removal spell for Emery. I'm Hellbent. Oh, okay, cool. I'll draw two. One on my turn, one on your turn. And I get to know every top card you get from now on out. So, Nick, when would you say that this deck is... I think we can agree that this deck is actually pretty well positioned Mm -hmm. right now. What do you think could happen that would cause it to become less well positioned? When would you say that this deck is not a great choice anymore? Uh... If faster combo decks become a thing, or banning, mm-hmm. you, you can look at Magic Twitter and they say ban Breach, which, <laughs> I mean, there is considered, but to me, I think Motor's fine. Uh, a yeah, bad yeah. position, I haven't really, like, I think this is probably one of the more, like, hostile at this point. Like, back in March and April, this deck was great. Four color was everywhere. You were happy mm-hmm. to play play this deck. I think right now you're in a you're in a meta game that hates on the deck, and it still wins. But I think it comes down to more of how you well you know the deck. Mm-hmm. You can I think the sideboards are tooled in a way. You look at Jesse from Energy, uh, Ross, and then Sarah. Those are the three people I would go look at if you're looking to figure out how to play this deck. Talk to them. No, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, they 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 know this better than I do. I mean, they get more time at it. They, they they have crunched the numbers. I roomed with Sarah for NRG in Ohio. And so she she mm-hmm. told me Draineth. She said, put two Draineths in there for the mirror. I'm like, oh, I don't have to play <laughs> counter spells anymore. You literally just get to have a cleaner deck by not flooding your deck with counter spells. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if 
I think Tron is a bad matchup. I really do. I think if you, I think faster com, pseudo combo decks, like putting a car in the great creator on turn three is a hard thing for me to get rid of. Oh, and then you just grab Tormod's Crypt too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you, you have this incidental way of just being able to beat me up on, tur- on, on all the axes, like, like scam does. I think that if every deck was playing Blood Moon and it didn't matter, if like let's say fifty percent of the form playing skate, I would not want to be playing this deck. Put me on Mark Tide or something. Mm-hmm. Like I think if the Blood Moons keep going up in number, well, then you're probably looking at like, well, if I can't consistently fair game this out with Saga tokens, you're having a problem. If every deck has Graveyard Hate and a Claw, that these the decks are doing yeah and you know with Rakdos scam and Rakdos midrange being you know real heavy hitters within the meta like no matter what it is like if it's online paper magic you know whether it's a big tournament or a smaller one like there's a good chance at least one time you're running into dothy voidwalker also yeah (laughs) (laughs) which Uh, sure like it's been weird uh, that that's been popping up uh i will be totally honest i played against it four times and i've not picked the game yep <laughs> that seems pretty rough for yep. you to beat it, it comes down to i think i would take a hand if you told me i could have two lands non-fetchables and an oracle in my hand i would take that hand and try to and try to just play the game of i'll see if i can just hold this one card and pray you don't have a counter spell <laughs> oh wow <laughs> uh because I, I it's just i've i've i don't want to put a sideboard card in it um, what am I going to do? Try to mill myself with, uh, what am I going to do? Put an, a shuffle Titan in the deck and then try to combo. Oh, I hit my shuffle Titan. I've got to shuffle my de- graveyard back in and start this all over again. Surprise. You're four horsemen now. <laughs> I think, I, well, I get to exile my deck a lot easier, so it's not as bad. <laughs> not, not quite, not quite as, as bad, bad yeah. as four horsemen. No, that, that is a, that is a, that is, oof. that's a legacy thing right there. So. Nick, where can people find you? Like, if the, somebody wanted to, you know... You can find me on Facebook or Twitter, just Nicholas D. Michelle, at Nicholas D. Michelle, real mm-hmm. simple. Uh, Facebook, same way, or legendary most Fridays, but not this Friday, because i got to go see uh, Blue People uh, Pocahontas. <laughs> oh, the new Avatar. I forgot. That's the thing, because yeah. it's 2008 oh again. <laughs> it's t- no, 2009. Yeah, I'm okay, sorry. So don't add that year. Oh, sorry. sorry. Hold on one second. I remember seeing the... I mean, the totally random fact. I saw this movie with my dad in theaters midnight back when we did midnight movies for Avatar. Yeah. Um, uh, have you? Has anybody been to the uh, the Avatar theme? It's park? great. Uh, the the oh, ride I forgot that's is amazing. A thing. Uh, it's. I mean, no. You get to. It feels real. I do it. All right. That, it's it's so cool. It's so <laughs> cool. Um, there's merch that I think literally no one else on the planet besides me wants. Um. Or at least I didn't until, uh, until until you came on, uh, because like I didn't think anyone else cared about it. I love it. It's the most ridiculous, cringy merch I've ever seen in my life. I was really <laughs> I was worried because I was like I like the movie theater and the movie theater's dying. I mean, no yeah. movies making any money. Like you'd be surprised. Like no movie, no, no Marvel movie cracked a billion. And if 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 you were like a movie buff like me, that's a bad thing. Oh, it's so sad for them. Yeah. <laughs> well, when I say bros flopped, <laughs> bros flopped, Kyle, Billy Eichner, the golden, the golden boy, boy, his movie. How flopped. dare! So that's the thing is like these movies. Like I like a movie theater. I mean, uh, I have just a thing of like I go see the raunchiest movies with my grandmother. She's eighty years old. 
That is <laughs> adorably wholesome. That I love that. <laughs> I mean, my dad and I would go see the worst movies on a Tuesday night. Like the Vin Diesel Bloodspot movie. We saw that in theaters. Right before oh, love right it. before COVID. We were the only love two it. in the theater. We were making love fun it. of it the entire time. Uh, the <laughs> the worst movie. We have a we have a, a, a record of what is the worst movie we've ever seen. It's the Jason Statham movie in the name of the cape. Oh yeah. Yo, I've actually oh, yeah. seen okay. that. Yeah. We were in the theater. It was so bad. There was other people in the theater. We didn't care. We were literally saying, Oh, this is just bad Lord of the Rings. And every <laughs> single thing that was happening, we were announcing in a like I was like twelve at the time, so I didn't care. We were those people at the theater just making noise. It was the people behind us were enjoying our commentary. But before we let you go, uh, we're going to play a little game. Uh, we usually do a guessing game at the end of every episode, okay. and it's been a lot of fun. And this one uh, is called, So How Much Is This Thing Anyway? Okay. And if you know, you're the, a movie buff like Nick, uh, yes, I am quoting Clerks, because that is probably one of my favorite movies <laughs> of all time. But what we're going to do is... I have an emotional attachment to Clerks. <laughs> I grew up around the corner from the quick check, man. But so we're going to do the same thing. We're going to ask, how much is this thing anyway for cards that myself and Anthony has picked out? I have one ready, uh, so okay. I'd like to, mm-hmm. to, to go first. <laughs> yeah, so uh, just think uh, think the price is right, and okay. you go like, high, low. Okay, okay, okay that's what we're doing, okay. Uh, so just think price is right, high, low. You know, I'll, I'll just name a card, uh, and you say like, just pick a number like five, ten, fifteen, and you'll go like high or low, or like buy low, okay. buy high. So the fir- the one I've picked mm-hmm. is uh, Shivan Devastator. Shivan Devastator. It is the X Red Dragon Hydra Flying oh, Haste. When Shivan Devastator enters the yeah. battlefield, it enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it, okay. and it's a zero zero. It's a zero zero. Okay. I've been killed by this in I guess standard. I was like, it's a standard times. playable card. If like one one counters. Maybe like a dollar. You saying a dollar? I'm saying a dollar. I'm gonna go ahead and guess higher. What, what's your guess? I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess three, because the casual commander squad. Oh, they love they, that. They love those X spells. Yeah, maybe okay. a dollar. At okay. Best. Okay. Are you guys ready? Okay. What is it? It's six twenty. What? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sir, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's ex- that's my exact reaction. I'm like, Hold on one second. how is this over $5? Hold on one second. For $6.20, for, 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 for two Shiv and Devastators, you can buy four Emery's. I think I'll take my four Emery's. Yeah, exactly. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So I've got a card in mind. It is a Pioneer. Okay playable and it was only printed in one one set that made it through standard and it's only been reprinted once in a low print run commander set it's supreme phantom oh the lord oh yeah the the dark ascension one right uh it was originally printed in m19 Oh no! This yeah. is the two mana one. Yeah, it's just the the one three. Yeah, yeah. No, that you're thinking a drug. Yeah, drug skull. <laughs> Listen, hey, we don't need hexproof for the for that for that spirit set. Come on now. Okay, but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I want to say it's like. Wait, did it get put in the spirit stack for the pioneer, or am I thinking of something else? It ends up in pretty unanimously in all versions no, the, of the, spirit the, the, the challenger deck. Pre- the challenger deck. Didn't they? Didn't they build a spirit stack? 
They did Azorius. On that one. They did Azorius. I don't know if it's in that deck. They, if it's in that deck, I uh, want to say like $5. If it's not, I'll say like 10 So it was not. It was only printed in Core Set 2019 and uh, in Estrad Crimson Valkyrie. Okay, I'll say seven fifty. I'm just going to go clean five. All right. The current value of Supreme Phantom is 92 cents. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait. It's, is it a rare or uncommon? It's a rare. Wow. It's a rare. Oh, my it's God. It's a playable rare. Wow. I would. <laughs> it's less than a dollar. It's less than a dollar. So, like, if you had told me the prices were flipped, I would believe you. You told me that the yeah, yeah. Supreme Phantom $5 card. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and, and Mono Blue Spirits won the NRG Pioneer Challenge. Yeah, last weekend the deck is super good, and well, it's so yeah, cheap. Well, yeah, you put it up against Mono Green the entire time; it's pretty good. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it does. Yeah, as as somebody who's played a lot of Mono Green, I can tell you that that's definitely mm-hmm. the case. All right, do you have one that's in mind? That's uh, think you, you think the price doesn't match up with where it should be? Oh, talking to me? Yeah. Okay. Let me. Let yeah. Me, let me. Let me. Let me. I think I have one. I'm gonna double check. We, we had some pretty good picks. That was very surprising. <laughs> yeah. I I went to I went and I was just like ready to spend 40 bucks on a play set of Supreme Phantoms. I figured they'd be about 10 because they've been, you know, out of print for a hot minute. And I went and I bought them and they were just like 50 cents. And I was like, stop it. Look <laughs> it up again. All right. I'll, 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 since I pl- since I'm playing Grinding Station, mm-hmm. I will I will ask you to tell me the price of Thassa's Oracle. Ooh, uh, ah, shit. I saw this the other day, too. I'm going to go 18. I'm on, I'm on TCG, by the way. So you I'm going to go 18 bucks. Yeah. $18 from Kyle. 18 doll hairs. I'm going to say that that card, and if, Kyle, if you win on this one, I'm going to have to go through <laughs> the, the bulk rare boxes where I know I've got a pile of these suckers. But I'm, so I'm going to, I'm going to hope I'm not being that stupid. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say, $13. So, Devardi, if we're playing prices right, you lose. Because it's $12.81. <laughs> the market price right now is $12.81, or in the buy list is at $8.25. Really? Say yeah. Which Did it go sense. down? Uh, I would assume. I, that, I bet you that card's been slowly creeping up. We're going to ch- take a look at our definitely not sponsor MTG stock. Uh, it has gone up. Really? Okay. I bet you this is a nice, solid, steady increase. Yeah, it's it was an eight dollar card uh, December of last year, and now it's at thirteen. It just keeps going up. Cause it's probably because it, of the Jess guy breach deck. No, Commander. <laughs> yeah. hey, come on. It's, it's just it's, it's just always Commander. commander. It's like always this. Commander. <laughs> if it, if Modern were a one deck format and everyone was playing Thassa's Oracle, if everyone was playing Grinding Breach, that would be one Thassa's Oracle per competitive Modern player. And we're already at one Thassa's Oracle per top 50% competitiveness of all commander players everywhere. <laughs> there's just, it's every, like, there's so, like, we, we, we forget so much of the time how much, how many more commander players oh, there are. so many. <laughs> we're outnumbered. Well, thanks so much for coming out. Thanks. I appreciate you getting put on the spot and playing that yeah, game. That was it was a lot of deal. It was, it was, it was interesting. I, I would have not believed <laughs> that, uh, the dragon is a seven dollar card, or six dollar card. Whatever no, you want no to call one it. does. <laughs> I, I, I disagree with that. I don't see how an X red spell in standard, when I have access to Fable the Mirror Breaker, which I guarantee you, you could buy 
How much is Fable? Like $10 right now? Oh, it's probably more than that. Here, let me look uh, it up. I got quick. mine cheap. I got it early when no one Fables realized it. Fable's 15 Yeah, 15 Okay. I yep, would, 15. I would, no. The idea that you could. Damn, it's almost like I could do this. I've done this for a living. For <laughs> I wouldn't a while. believe it. I wouldn't believe it. Uh, but yeah, no, it was fun. Yeah. Glad thanks. to have me on. I, yeah. I have a feeling that if I continually play the, my current Pioneer deck, you're going to want to bring me back on. Yes, 100%. What's your current Pioneer oh, deck? Well, it's I, I'm, I'm going to an old one that I have put together. Uh, I will show you one card. No. Oh, Jesus Get the Lotus Field out Get of here. Out of here. <laughs> no one's playing Mono White at the, at the local, so I'm like, ah, right, cool. I'll just no, this. you're going to... I'm the dopey mid-range player. Stop it. <laughs> well, it's, it's like, oh, which one did you bring today? Did you bring Lotus Field or did you bring 8PZ? Oh, I brought all my thoughts. He's in. oops, wrong part of your deck. <laughs> I'll just be like, Kyle, which one do you play against? I'd rather play against 8PZ because it's cool. Well, yeah, I know. You beat me. Most, I mean... Kyle, your red-black deck needs the gentleman <laughs> splash, and by the gentleman splash, I mean you need to put blue in the deck so that you can unmoor to ego. Them. I will only. I will just have all of. I will just have a bunch of watery graves just in the deck, and only unboard ego. <laughs> well, thanks a lot, bud, oh, for coming. Awesome. This was really Thank fun. Me. Uh, and maybe we'll maybe we'll have you on for a pioneer episode. That'll be real fun. All right. Well, good news is is we have no events until next year. So. <laughs> Signing off from Lexington, I'm Kyle. I'm Anthony. And until next week, do us a favor. Stay trashy, my friends.